I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Today on the show, we're going to preview this Arkansas-Alabama game. It's a big one down in Tuscaloosa. We're also going to talk a little bit about Arkansas's win over Northern Iowa last night. And Charlie Potter, Charlie Potter from uh, Bama Online is going to join us. He's a beat writer over there. And, of course, Curtis Wilkerson is going to come on and talk a little bit about Razorback hoops, all that and more on Hog Sports Live. All right, everybody, thanks for coming along for your Arkansas versus Alabama primer. Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always tune in on Facebook Live where we stream the show live. Be sure to follow the page and uh, get notifications so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Same deal on YouTube. Hit the notifications bell and also subscribe to the channel. And, um, yeah, Apple Podcasts, we haven't had that five-star review from you yet. You've been meaning to do the five-star review on Apple Podcasts because you like the show. You want to show others that you like it. You want to tell them what to expect. So go ahead and take a moment to do that now or after the show. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month, HAWGsports.com, and uh, sign up for our free breaking news text alerts and our daily newsletter. You can go to the top right of the page and navigate through how to do all that. It's pretty simple stuff, pretty Pretty self-explanatory. All right. Arkansas beat Northern Iowa 93-80. We're going to have Curtis on at the end of the show to talk a little bit more. Not the quiet end. We're going to take your questions at the end. But uh, after we have on Charlie Potter, talk a little bit more about what he saw. He was there at Bud Walton Arena. He's got a nice breakdown on several different aspects of the game. Obviously, uh, J.D. Note almost had a triple-double with uh, nine assists, eight rebounds, and 17 points, even though he was only one of seven from the floor. Um, so... We'll talk to him a little bit about that. Several guys had a good had good games. Note, Jalen Williams. Get some more insight on him on that and where Arkansas is headed also after this. College football playoff uh rankings came out since we've done the last show. Arkansas is twenty first, I believe. I believe twenty first. They went from twenty fifth to twenty first. So this is the highest they've ever been ranked in the college football playoffs since they've been doing it in two thousand and fourteen, for obvious reasons. Arkansas hasn't been that good. So one spot ahead. UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio, where Jeff Trailer has them 10-0. Jeff Trailer's come up for very several uh, possible coaching jobs. Arkansas right now is 22nd in the CBS Sports ranking. They rank all 130 teams, so Arkansas is 22nd there. Of course, they're 21st in the AP, 22 in the coaches' poll. So pretty universally ranked everywhere except for the ridiculous FPI, ESPN FPI. Football power rankings for 24-7 sports are out. Again, this isn't based on rankings. This is basically based on who's got the best team, period, who would win in a fight. Vanderbilt, 14. Florida, 13. South Carolina, 12. Missouri, 11. LSU, 10. Tennessee, 9. I think LSU should be a little bit higher. I think they've been battling, even though they're 4-6, and six, and that's kind of what this is based on, how, how things are going right now. Tennessee, 9. Auburn, 8. Kentucky 7, Mississippi State 6, Arkansas 5 at 7 and 3 and Texas A&M 4 at 7 and 3. Even though Arkansas beat them on a neutral site, 
that Alabama win for Texas A&M um, weighs pretty heavily, and the Auburn win. Ole Miss at three, Alabama at two, Georgia at one. Can't really argue with the top three there. Again, it's kind of crazy to think where would Arkansas be right now if they'd made that two-point conversion. So Arkansas right now is a 20-and-a-half-point underdog at Alabama. They have not won in Tuscaloosa since 2003. They haven't beaten Alabama since 2006. That 2003 game was a pretty strong comeback. I thought they were going to replicate the 2003 game in 2005. But, uh, no, excuse me, 2006 when Darren McFadden and those guys went in 2006. 2007. 2007, sorry. I thought they were going to replicate that game in 2007. when uh, You know, because they raced back in 2003 for the win. And in 2007, Darren McFadden got hurt. Uh, on that last drive, I guess he got his bell rung, and they decided to keep him out, and they weren't able to ice the game, and Alabama won. Chris Hummer, one of our experts at 24-7 Sports, he's got Arkansas at plus 25 – excuse me, plus 20 and a half. He picks, he picks Arkansas to cover that, Alabama to win 38-20, and Brad Crawford picks Alabama 42-17. I'm leaning pretty close to what the betting line is right now, somewhere around 40-21. I think Arkansas can give them a game – I don't think this is an invincible Alabama team. I just think that they're they're better and they're Alabama and they're at home. So all those things play a big role. Todd McShay came out with his most recent top 32 for the NFL draft. He's got Traylon Burks at number 24. 24 nationally. I've said it before. If I needed a wide receiver, it would be really hard for me to pass up Traylon Burks. And it's, it's I mean, I, I get the numbers aspect. I mean, he's still got really, really strong numbers. But he was left off the Bolitnikoff Award watch list. Or, excuse me, the semifinalist. And we talked about that just recently. But obviously that's not an award that is given out to the best receivers, just the guy with the best stats. And, you know, I guess if you want that, then go to Mississippi State where you're going to catch a million balls. Now, from a current wide receiver to a future one, Isaiah Satania was presented with his All-America Bowl, trophy, uh, All-America Bowl jersey. So it's him, Miles Rouser, Andrew Shambly, and Eli Stein, the deep snapper. Uh, so four players right now are going to play in that game. I can't remember when they've had that many players playing in the All-America Bowl game. So that's definitely notable. Grant Morgan is on the Burlesworth Trophy again. He finished just shy. He was a finalist last year. I think the an offensive lineman, I think it was an offensive lineman for Pitt, won it last year. So hopefully Grant will get it this year. He's certainly deserving of it. We'll see how things shake out with that. But um, Grant's certainly deserving. This is a, It's an interesting game coming up here. I mean, like how do you attack Alabama? Do you do similar to what LSU did? I think personally you probably come at these guys uh, with – more blitzing, more rolling the dice. You're, you're trying to win. And I've, I've said the Houston nut quote over and over again, the ball didn't bounce straight up and down. You really have to capitalize when you're given opportunities against Alabama because that's something that Alabama has always done. I think Arkansas can come out there and play them tight early, but I just think – when I think of Alabama, I think of the slow death. And that's kind of how Alabama beats you. They just, you know, they, you battle, you battle, and then eventually third quarter comes around and they, they start putting it on you. They start capitalizing on a mistake that you made here and there, or, um, you know, just wear you out. And that's typically what Alabama has been. I'm, I think I'm with most people. 
I don't know that Alabama is the Alabama that we've seen before. I don't know that they're quite that level. They're still really, really good. And it's very like Alabama in a game like this to, you know, come out and just, like, prove everybody wrong. Another thing that I don't like about this game for Arkansas is they were involved in a overtime battle, four quarters plus, against LSU on the road in Baton Rouge. And what was Alabama doing last week? Taking it easy. New Mexico State over at halftime. Pull all the starters out get a chance to get rested. They're going to get some of their their players back, their offensive linemen. Again, we'll talk to Charlie Potter here in a little bit about that. You know, flipping over to basketball again real quick because we're going to get to Curtis Wilkerson next after we talk a little bit more about Razorback football. But uh, what's your starting five? Who do, you, who do you put out there as a starting five? I mean, Jalen Williams has got to be out there. Debo Davis, Note. I mean, Chris likes maybe maybe he's the spark plug off the bench kind of guy. It wouldn't surprise me since Debo got ejected from this one, you know, next week to, or on Monday, I guess, to see uh, maybe likes start. They certainly pulled away with him in the starting lineup. I mean, then you got Stanley Amude who, who does some good things. I don't think he had a great game. Um, Tony, I mean, you got to have him in the lineup. He does so many things. Just so many pieces with these guys that you don't – I don't know how you sort it out. Like, how do you define a role for somebody? And there are times where you like, you know, they came off 284 passes the week before. I'm not sure how many they had in this one. I don't know if that's been released yet. But um, there were times where it just felt like, you know, it felt like a little bit more ISO. But, I mean, Note's got to start. Tony Williams has got to start. Devo's got to start. I mean – and you start talking about some other guys who are really – I think Trey Wade has a lot of potential. Jackson Robinson's got really, really soft shot. We didn't see him in the last game. We didn't see K.K. Robinson, I don't believe. I don't think K.K. got in the game. I don't remember what Musselman said on that. But he did indicate that he was going to play fewer players. He played a Note. The guys who got significant minutes were Note, Davis, Tony, Williams – Amude, and Likes. Wade played a little. Vanover played a little. That's how it shook out. Okay. I was stalling a little bit because I told Charlie Potter we'd get to him (laughs) a little bit later. But I'm going to go ahead and try to get him on the horn. For those of you Alabama fans listening out there, if you're not familiar with Bama Online – then you're probably not an Alabama fan because it has been uh, established since 1996. I've, I've known several of the guys over there, Tim Watts, uh, for a number of years. They do a great job over there covering Alabama. It's Bama Online. And uh, you can follow Charlie at Charlie underscore Potter on Twitter. And uh, he does a mix of free articles and VIP articles for them over there at Bama Online. See if he minds me getting to him two minutes early. Hey, Trey, how's it going? Hey, Charlie, coming to you two minutes early. I hope you don't mind on that. How you doing, man? No problem. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, um, I was just introducing you to everybody. Uh, how long you been at this, Charlie? How long you been covering Crimson Tide? Uh, my first season as a professional was 2014. I did it one year as a student, but. Mm-hmm. Um, 
got this gig out of college and been doing it ever since. It's a good gig to have with uh, with Tim Watts and the gang over there. Uh, like I was saying a minute ago, I, I've known Tim for a, a really long time, and um, uh, you know, back at when we were at Rivals together, and now of course at twenty four seven. So Charlie, I just wanted to ask you. We're not going to stray too far from you know the the five burning questions type of deal that you know the uh, behind him in enemy lines i should say uh, that we do with uh writers each week but uh, i was wondering if you could just tell us you know in general your thoughts on this matchup you know what what you see out of arkansas and and what alabama is this year compared to maybe where they've been recently yeah well for alabama um you know they've they've had to replace a lot and i know every team goes through attrition and, and things like that during the offseason but I mean just offensively alone um you know Alabama had to replace a, a slew of first round draft picks you mm-hmm. know Mac Jones Devontae Smith Jalen Waddle Najee Harris uh, Alex Leatherwood uh, heck Lennon Dickerson was a, a early pick on day two he didn't last long mm-hmm. in the second round so that, that's just a ton of, of production that doesn't include guys like Deontay Brown, Miller Forrestal, several that have played a lot of football here. So Alabama had to replace a lot offensively. I don't really think offensively is um, a a big issue outside of the offensive line, but when you lose three starters there, um, you know, that's been a problem. So the the offensive line has been a work in progress all season. Um, And defensively, uh, you know, going into the year, it was the opposite. You know, they didn't lose that much. You had Patrick Sertan. Uh, the second, the star cornerback, and Dylan Moses and Christian Barmore were really the only players they lost on that defense. And uh, they got everybody back. They had some veterans kind of step up into bigger roles. Um, you had Henry Toa from Tennessee to that defense. And you're thinking, well, wow, this is going to be a much improved defense. And mm-hmm. it took some time, but we're, we're starting to see that. I think they've played well of late. They've been really good at stopping the run. Um this season and I think you know going up against Arkansas that's something that Arkansas likes to do is run the football I think they're second in the SEC just in terms of of rushing yards per game and Alabama's run defense is second in the SEC behind Georgia and everybody knows how good they are in that department so I think that for me is is going to be the um the key thing there is just you know how this run defense which has improved and looked really good you know plays really these next two or three weeks against teams that like to run the football. That'll be the real test because they've played some teams that don't or maybe um, aren't as well-versed as, say, in Arkansas. So Mm -hmm. I think that and and really just the the line of scrimmage, um, you know, keeping – uh, KJ Jefferson contain and making him beat him uh, with her, with his arm and uh, you know things like that. So I mean, Arkansas is a it, this is a matchup now. Um, like I said in in the the post and, and what we talked about, um, you know, Alabama hasn't had a great week of practice. You know, are they taking this game seriously? They should because with a win they can win the SEC West, but. Uh, it's just been that kind of team that, with so many players leaving, especially the leaders on the offensive side of the ball, it's a young group, and it's just kind of, you know, you wait and see and engage. Nick Saban's moved at the press conferences just to see how the week of practice has gone. Charlie Potter joining us again. You can follow him at Charlie Potter – or, excuse me, at Charlie underscore Potter. Um, he is a beat writer over at Bama Online. Now, Charlie, uh, I agree with you. And when, when Alabama lost um, – Dalcourt, I believe that's how you say his name, Dalcourt. Um, when they lost him against LSU, you could see that was just, you know, that was a big blow with the way that, you know, LSU was attacking them and blitzing so heavily and stuff. And there were a lot of things, I think, in that game where Alabama, you know, made uncharacteristic mistakes. There was an early 
very early drop in the game. I think maybe a, a tight end dropped something over the middle. He was looking to run after the catch before he caught the ball. But there seemed like there was a lot of things like that 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 Alabama did that that really hurt them. It wasn't all LSU. But I wanted to get into these injuries. What is the latest with the injury situation, and, and could we see some of these guys coming back for Arkansas? Yeah, um, you know the, the guys that are dealing with, with stuff now. Uh, of course, they have a couple of guys that have been on the shelf for a while, and, and Chris Allen and Jason McClellan, and those are two big pieces on both sides of the football linebacker and running back. But um, you know, Dalcourt, um, and he suffered that injury in the, the LSU game uh, pretty early, mm-hmm. and then they kind of had to shift things around in the offensive line. Uh, he didn't play against New Mexico State, even though he dressed out, and uh, you know, Nick Saban. You know, said he was going to practice on Tuesday because uh, they kind of did just a walkthrough on on uh, Monday, and, and he has practiced every day this week, uh, which you know hasn't been a ton, but yeah, that's a good sign for him. Uh, and same can be said for Javion Cohen, the left guard. Uh, you know, he didn't play against New Mexico State. He's dealing with a wrist issue. Um, yeah, he had that repaired, and it sounds like he's going to be good to go. Except said he's fine after the game on Saturday, and he's also practiced every day this week. So it looks like they could get some continuity uh, back up front on the offensive line. Uh, that being said, this isn't really injury related, but um, they could you know start a, a, a new right tackle, and maybe not a new right tackle. He started last week with them moving things around with two starters out, but Damian George uh, could be the guy there at right tackle replacing Chris Owens because Owens has kind of been uh, splitting duties between two positions and, and not getting in a ton of reps at either. So um, we'll see how that goes. That's something I'll be looking for in pregame warmups, including um, you know just how much Dalcourt and, and Cohen are doing if they're good to go. But um, you know, a couple of guys were injured uh, in the New Mexico State game. Widow Williams, who was Alabama's, uh, number three running back going into the season and was elevated to the number two role after Jason McClellan's injury. Um, you know, he suffered a, uh, a knee injury that had to have surgery. So he's, he's probably going to miss uh, the rest of the season, if not just a, a bunch of time. And then wide receiver Jojo Earl, uh, a true freshman who has kind of been their number four receiver and then their primary punt returner. Um, you know, he suffered an injury in the game as well, and uh, he's not going to play this week. So those are really the, the big ones. Um, yeah, outside of that, Alabama is pretty healthy, or at least as healthy as you can be going into the 11th game of the season. Charlie, what what are your thoughts on on Bryce? I mean, is he is he like does he remind you of Tua? I mean, like who does he remind you of, and, and what are some of the strengths and weaknesses we've seen uh, from Bryce Young as uh, as the season has progressed? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your 
your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Yeah, I can see a little bit of Tua in his game. Um, Tua kind of had that gunslinger mentality. He was trying to make a Superman play on, on every play. And the, the thing that Tua had, too, is Tua had a, a ton of just talented receivers. Um, you know, everybody knows about that receiving core Alabama had the last couple of years. The, the four players that all went in the first round of the NFL draft, uh, top 15 picks. So that was beneficial for, for two. And, and, and Bryce doesn't have that luxury. I mean, John Mechie and Jamison Williams have played great this season. Mechie's gotten healthier over the course of the season. But beyond that, um, there's, there's some inconsistency so that's that's one thing I think that Tua had at his disposal but you know I think I see a little bit of Mac and Tua mm-hmm. and Bryce um you know he's he's not he doesn't necessarily want to run the ball that's kind of something he's um you know, taught himself not to do is just to keep his eyes on the field and try to make a play uh or get the ball to one of his playmakers um because uh, he is a smaller guy you know, he, he takes care of himself as much as he can um you know, that's been a little difficult with the way the offensive line has played. But, um, you know, he can extend plays. He can, you know, escape pressure and, you know, find an open receiver. And, and he has shown, you know, here of late uh, where he's, you know, tucked the ball and, and ran and picked up the first down. And that's been really big for this offense, I think, uh, with the issues they have had up front. But he's accurate. Um, you know, he's efficient. He's effective. He's made good decisions. He's only turned the ball over. Uh, through the air three times. He's had a couple of fumbles, but that's whenever you know he's gotten you know blown up by um, a quick pass rush. But um, I, I think he's had a great season. I mean, there's a reason he's in a discussion for the Heisman Trophy. He's thrown for you know, 33 touchdowns. He's completed you know, 71% of his passes. Uh, he's just been really efficient and effective uh, back there. And yeah, you know, I think I think everyone thought or knew he was talented. You know, being the former number one player in the country. Uh, but we just hadn't seen it, you know, last year with the COVID year and Alabama only playing uh, SEC teams and then, you know, of course, only power five teams in the postseason. Um, you know, we didn't really see a lot of the backup quarterback. Mac Jones played a lot um, because of the competition they were facing. So we didn't really know what to expect uh, from Bryce Young. But I think now that he has, you know, 10 games of work under his belt, he's probably exceeded a lot of people's expectations. And Charlie, I want to get you out with this. Just uh, real quick, your your prediction on the game. How do you, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, they didn't have a great practice yesterday. If anybody watched Nick Saban's press conference, you could tell by his mood. Um, it was short. Um, you know, he was pretty. Uh, he was. He just wasn't in a great mood. And um, you know, he's talked about the poor me's and things like that. People feeling sorry for themselves. But I mean, everybody is not feeling great at this time of year. Um, you know, it's football that happens. But um, I think I would have probably thought Alabama wins comfortably. 
even more so uh, before this week, uh, just because, like I said, I mean, this is this is a chance for them to win the West. They can lock things up. They can go into the Iron Bowl with a little less stress because anytime Alabama travels to Auburn, um, you know, with a, an Auburn team that's showing signs of life, uh, that that usually is not a, a great um, experience for them. But um, you know, I think with it being Senior Day, I think some of these leaders, these veterans on the team, are, are going to kind of write that a little bit, and I still think Alabama, you know, wins big, but maybe not as big as I initially anticipated. I, I had the score at forty-five twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think with an opportunity to, to get back to Atlanta um, for some of these seniors playing their last game at Bryant Denny, and you know, for this defense to you know do what. What Will Anderson has preached because you know, I talk about leadership. He's a sophomore, but really turned into the the number one leader on this team. You know, he wants them to play at a championship level, and uh, it doesn't sound like they've been doing that at practice. But I think they want to kind of you know finish this regular season strong and um, put themselves in a position to get back to the playoff, and that starts Saturday. So, um, you know, long story short, I still think Alabama wins, but um, you know, judging of the way they they perform this week it, it might be a little bit more interesting all right charlie appreciate you brother thanks for coming on with us and uh i guess we'll uh we'll see what happens on saturday all right man thanks all right. for having me all right thanks charlie all right everybody that's charlie potter again you can follow him at charlie underscore potter for the alabama fan listening out there does a great job over there for bama online okay next up i want to bring in my man curtis wilkerson Curtis is going to talk to us a little bit about Razorback basketball. So last night he did a stand-up uh, outside of uh, – or excuse me, inside Bud Walton Arena. And uh, we didn't do the Hog Hoops live show today because we've got this show. And uh, he did the stand-up. So we kind of kind of let him do that and then mix him in here. So obviously we'll get a little bit more regular with that Hog Hoops live show coming up here, especially when football season winds down. Hey, Curtis, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, Arkansas football is ranked. We're knee deep in college basketball season. I, I mean, for a guy like me, I don't know. I could be doing much better. Yeah, I mean that's that's where it's at, and it's uh, it's probably been pretty fun covering this recruiting class as Arkansas has signed all five of their commitments, and uh, it's the number two ranked recruiting class in the country. So, Curtis, you were at the game last night. We and I'll I'll be sure to link your uh, your article or your excuse me your stand up from from last night. Just your thoughts, but. Uh, for those who who are lazy and just want to watch it right here, what what did you think about the game on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, you know, I, last night I was I was kind of expecting something like that. I don't know if I was expecting Arkansas to give up seventeen three pointers. Um, that's a that's a little absurd, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, this is a Northern Iowa team that I was pretty bullish about throughout the preseason. Um, just one of those mid-majors that always sneaks up on on these Power 5 programs early in the season. One of those games that Arkansas will schedule that's going to look a lot better, I, I think, in March on the resume than maybe it does right now. But um, I, I thought it was a really good performance aside from giving up 17 three-pointers. I mean, yeah, it had a, a pretty good breakout game offensively, 93 points, uh, six guys in double figures, 21 assists to five turnovers. Those are all really good signs that a team's starting to gel uh, and click and get comfortable in their roles. Uh, and really, they did a lot of good things defensively, aside from defending the perimeters. So, uh, you know, we, we talked to Eric Musselman after the game, and he said he thinks that they're actually probably a little bit ahead of where they were this time last year. And it's a good thing going into what's going to be a, a pretty challenging uh, event at the Hall of Fame Classic next week. 
Curtis Wilkerson joining us again. You can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. Does a lot of good free content, but his VIP stuff is fantastic, and you'll need a VIP membership. He does uh, player grades and things like that after every game, so uh, does a great job over there. Uh, Curtis, um, I don't. We'll get maybe get into a little bit of football, but I really, I really want to focus on basketball right now. And the hardest thing for me to figure out when I look at this team is, and we're you know exchanging texts about it during the game. What is the starting five? If you had to put together a starting five, which you think will be the starting five throughout the meat of the schedule, what is it? Yeah, you know, I was listening to you a few minutes ago, and I think you're spot on with that first four, you know, with J.D. Note, uh, Devo Davis, Audis Tony, and Jalen Williams. Those four guys have to be in there. I mean, they're – I think the guys that are that are kind of firing on all cylinders, working well together, uh, and it's really about that fifth spot. And uh, you know, I, I thought it was really unique that they put Connor Vanover in there in that Gardner Webb game, and it worked out there. But then last night, uh, we kind of saw you know the other side of the coin, what could happen there. And uh, I don't I don't think it was necessarily that, that Connor didn't play well. Uh, so much as when you have him and Jalen Williams, and obviously Jalen's a little more versatile, but uh, those two guys can only guard so many different types of players. And, mm-hmm. and if you're on the floor together at the same time, uh, chances are you're going to wind up having a bad matchup pretty quickly, and we saw that. So, um, you know, if, if I had to to guess who I think it will ultimately be, um, probably Stanley Amude, and, and he's still working out some kinks. Looks like he's pressing a little bit offensively. I mean, missing layups. This is a guy that scored 1,500 points in his career. You, you would imagine those are going to start to fall as he gets a little bit more comfortable. Uh, but I got to tell you, I, I, I really like him off the bench with Chris Likes. I mean, that's a lot of pop and, and firepower in the second unit. Uh, so to think outside the box a little bit, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing – you know, maybe a Trey Wade get a shot in there. It's a guy that, that's versatile. He can switch and do a lot of things for you defensively. He's a ball mover. He doesn't turn it over. Uh, could be interesting, a, a veteran guy who's played a lot. Or maybe a, maybe a Jackson Robinson. You know, it, you mm-hmm. think about a lot of people say that the starting lineup doesn't matter so much as, as the lineup that closes, but Arkansas consistently gets off the slow start. So, uh, you know, maybe a guy like Jackson Robinson who can space the floor and, and knock down an early three or two and get you going a little bit. He's got a really, uh, really silky, really silky stroke. I he mean, does. Like, it's pretty. Yeah, it's like it reminds me um, a little bit of uh, – oh, my gosh, I'm spacing on his name. <laughs> anyway um, – Isaiah, Joe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It, it, there's a lot of a lot of similarities there with you know with the length and mm-hmm. uh, the release and things like that. I, I think it'd be interesting. So I, I like I said, I think it probably would wind up being a mood A, but I wouldn't mind seeing them give a guy like Wade or, or Jackson Robinson a shot and just see what they can do in that position. Yeah, I was I was telling you last night. Also, I think if like the whole team got in a fight in a battle royal, I think Trey Wade, I think he would come out. He'd be my pick. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a pretty solid bet right there. He is a uh, he's a physically imposing dude, no doubt about it. Yeah. All right, Curtis. So I want to switch you over real quick to football. Um, Arkansas, Alabama this weekend. You always come out with the five burning questions and the keys to victory, and that that is a VIP article. So we don't want to go into it too much with the five burning questions, but they are: Can the Hogs win? With hang with the tide in the trenches, will the Hogs get back to their running ways? Can Arkansas slow down Bryce Young? What's left in Odom's bag of tricks? 
and has Arkansas closed the gap? And you do a nice breakdown on every single one of these. And, of course, with the uh, keys to victory, it's always penalties, turnovers, special teams, and injuries, how that plays a role. And then one bonus one, and I think you nailed it on this one, a little luck. Let's yeah, talk, let's talk mean, about I, that last one. Sure. You know, I, I was I always kind of look at – you know, the side-by-side with different stats and things like that. And I had, I had already typed out a full thing about, you know, Arkansas's third-down defense against Alabama, who I, I think has the highest third-down conversion rate in the country. Uh, but, man, I feel like it's either that or, you know, get off to a fast start or, you know, something. It, it, even though it's different every week, it's been kind of the same few different things. So thinking mm-hmm. outside the box a little bit, uh, you know, it's, it's it's probably not what a lot of people want to hear, but I, I think it's it's just true. You know, both yeah. of these teams bring their A game on Saturday. Alabama's probably going to win. So, uh, you know, I, I think for Arkansas, it's about getting a little bit of luck. You know, maybe a, a call that goes your way uh, or, or, you know, Good a luck. mistake that Alabama makes. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, but, but to win a game in, in Tuscaloosa, you're going to have to have something like that, yeah. right? The ball's going to have to bounce your way, and, and when it does, Arkansas has got to take advantage of that. Uh, and, and I think that's just what it takes. It, it takes a special kind of performance to, to pull off an upset that you know that Arkansas is trying to do. So mm. uh, it might need a little a uh, little bit extra, a little a little shot in the arm. Uh, don't know what that's going to be, but yeah, we'll see. I can remember, like, I mean. Ole Miss, when they beat Alabama those two years, like, like one game, they I think they like won the turnover battle five nothing or something, and Alabama still <laughs> almost beat them. <laughs> right, but exactly. uh, yeah, it's it's extremely <laughs> tough to win there. It's a it's a great venue. They really love their metal uh, in Tuscaloosa. There'd be a lot of uh, heavy metal piping through uh, at that game. But uh, so I'll just get you out with this, Curtis. Uh, what do you think? How do you th- how do you see it playing out? What do you, you got a score prediction? Um, yeah, I haven't come up with a score prediction yet, but, you know, I, I hope that, and what I would like to see uh, is let's have Arkansas make this a game. You know, mm-hmm. you, you saw Florida take them down to the wire. Uh, Tennessee wound up, you know, I think that score wound up being pretty lopsided, but it was a seven-point game, I think, going into the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, it seems like a, a few times here lately in this series, things have been over by the end of the first quarter or halftime. I uh, would just really like to see Arkansas take the game into the second half, mm-hmm. uh, challenge Alabama, push them. Don't, don't put them in a situation where they get to clear the – the bench and bring in the you know the second and third string make it a game and i think arkansas has turned the corner uh to the point where they can be competitive in an atmosphere like this so uh obviously i i, I think alabama's you know probably going to come out on top um i'm probably going to be right around that cover line you know of, yeah. of two to three scores but i uh, would really like to and, and expect to see arkansas take this game into the second half and, and be competitive i'm, I'm kind of with you curtis i i I would hope that Arkansas can kind of keep it competitive, a little, you know, for a half or so. And uh, you never know what happens if you can do that. You know, you start believing in yourself and everything. But Alabama, as I said earlier, is the king of the slow death. And uh, I'm kind of thinking maybe a little bit more like, I don't know, 41-20 Alabama, something like that. Uh, Again, pretty close to – I think Vegas has it pretty close to right right now. All right, Curtis. All right, man. All right. Appreciate you. I I didn't talk over you too much or anything, did I? Nope. <laughs> All right. I had a critique that I they love the show, but uh, please stop talking over your guests. <laughs> really? No, I didn't notice it. <laughs> I'm bringing one. I'm bringing one negative comment to the show each week. 
That's I, I like that. I like it. <laughs> I, I, I did take it. I did heed the advice, and I did uh, appreciate that because I didn't notice it. And you, you know, you never notice if you're ta- if you're doing something like that. So uh, we'll be tr- we'll try to uh, to not talk over people, especially Curtis Wilkerson. <laughs> All right, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, anytime. All right. All right, Kurt Wilkerson. Again, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. If you love Razorback basketball, and I know you do, then you need to follow Curtis Wilkerson. I mean, like, again, I said this before, but, like, we're reaching to a point where Curtis, when it comes to Razorback basketball, is the guy, the guy that you need to go to for recruiting coverage, for breakdown, analysis, previews, all that kind of stuff. Again, at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. Okay, we're going to get to your questions now. Before we do that, one more time, how to watch and listen. Be sure to tune in on Facebook Live where we run the show every Monday afternoon and every Thursday late morning for the primer. And uh, you can uh, subscribe to that channel, follow whatever, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Now's a great time to give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of five straight podcasts. Hog Sports is $1 right now for your first month, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Just go to the website. You'll see the banner ad. There's no promo code or anything like that. Just sign up for the site. You'll be glad you did. All right. Now to the questions. How you doing, Jerry? Please don't chew on that. Got Jerry Jack in here with me. You and I came to play last night. Glad we pulled it out. Go Hogs, beat Bama. I mean, it was crazy how many threes they were hitting. I mean, it was just they were unconscious for 17 threes. <laughs> Insane. Adrian Jones says, you and I lived by the three and ultimately died by the three. They did. I mean, Arkansas put together that nice running, like 11-0 or something right there at the end. That's when, that's when the best team usually comes out. Martin Griffith says, what's the status of Jalen Williams? I noticed he was back in, on the bench last night. I don't know, but Jalen's got to quit falling flat on his back over and over again. He's got a back issue, but he played well last night. I don't know if he was on the bench. What did he finish with? Jalen Williams finished with 11 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, and 24 minutes. So he didn't play the full amount of minutes you would normally expect. Colton Smith says, hey, Trey, why is it we never get a late hit out of bounds? It was clear twice with KJ and Burks getting shoved after a run, and Burks twisted his ankle after one of them. Thankfully, Burks wasn't injured. I don't know. I think they maybe were pretty close. And I'm going to say this, too, because um, I've been very critical of the referees, but I went back and watched the play with Trey Knox where I thought he got a first down, and I think the refs got it right. I think they got it right, and I was critical of that. But when you slow it down very slow, you can see – the top of uh, Trey Knox's head hits, and the ball is short of the line. And, and you know, any other b- part of your body that hits, um, you're down. So they did actually get that right. They didn't get everything right, but they did get that right. Colton Smith says, hey, Trey, why is it we never get – oh, I just read that. I do that sometimes. There have been times, though, where I felt like a late hit was warranted and they didn't do it. I mean, obviously the Mississippi State game um, where they're shoving Traylon Burks out of bounds. I mean, and um, – there have been a couple other instances here and there. There was one where K.J. was hit out of bounds right at the marker, which you always call that because that's a very dangerous spot. I don't remember if Burks was hit out of bounds, though, on that one where he went into the net. Ethan Malone says he came back late in the game. I think he's fine. Yeah, he's, he's had a back issue, you know, and he keeps falling down on his back. <laughs> I mean, like, flat on his back. Kevin Medlin says, do we lead the nation in false starts? It, it, 
I don't know if they lead the nation, but it's definitely been a problem and it's something they've got to figure out. I mean, there's some issues that you have with penalties, as Pittman was saying, that are just going to happen. Holding calls are going to happen from time to time, but false starts, that's that's got to stop. Chris Light says, yes, may not beat Alabama, but great team and maybe eight and four in a bowl. Cody Stout says, showing love from Clovis, California. Sam Kerr says, they're human, just go hit them. We have nothing to lose, just go in it to win it and see what happens. Absolutely. If you go in there not thinking you can win it, then you're, you've already lost. There's no question about that. Adrian Jones says Alabama is beatable if Arkansas plays mistake for a game. I agree with you, Adrian. I think that Alabama can be beaten. They've shown that they can be beaten. They lost it to Texas A&M now, and, and LSU played them very tough. We'll see how it plays out. Arkansas is definitely bringing their best team in a number of years since at least 2015. So we'll see. Ethan Malone says, what's with the talk of the flu outbreak on Alabama's campus? I haven't heard anything on that, to be honest with you. So I would just be speculating, Ethan. Norman Hunt says, I think we will be closer than people think. One of those games where whoever wins may have to come back to win. Early lead for either team will be important and just have to make adjustments get there. So let's say that Bama wins 38-27. Jason Norton says, how important do you think it is for Pittman to have the experienced head coach on staff with him being a young head coach experience? I think that is always great to have, no matter who you are. I mean, Musselman's got it with Keith Smart. Um, I think it's important for anybody to have a guy with head coaching experience, a guy who's been there, a guy you can you know relate to, bounce ideas off of. Um, I think it was good for Bielma to have Dan Enos, and I think it's good for Pittman to have Barry Odom. Jason Norton says, how many Arkansas kids have won the Burlsworth Award? The answer is zero. Jason McFadden says, Trey – O or U over or under on six Arkansas penalties this week. I would say over. Road team, hostile environment. I got to go over. I mean, I don't know if they've had under six since Texas. Lee Barber says one score game in the fourth quarter won't be anything comfortable about it. (laughs) You're absolutely right on that. Todd Drake says, are we still recruiting Anthony Black? Absolutely they are. They would love to get Anthony Black. Timothy David Long says it'll be good, a good game as long as Mark Curls and his refs stay away. I was Man, I was having that same thought. I was having that same thought. I was watching the Texas Tech announcers for the Iowa State-Texas Tech game where they were just blast. They all got suspended, All the uh, not the announcers, but the radio guys. They all got suspended for blasting the refs start to finish, calling them out name by name. On the, you know, school's radio show, and they all got suspended. And I was thinking the same time, I was like, man, I wonder what Mark Curls is doing right now. Jeremy McCollum says, one two-point conversion away from being eight and two, difference between a potential Sugar Bowl appearance and a Music City Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Music City is a good bowl, and that's not a bad bowl at all. Outback is a good bowl. I assume, I haven't been to the Outback, but I assume that's a good one. Donnie A. Butt says Alabama 35, Arkansas 21. Dustin Hoofman says as a fan, it's great to enjoy the environment around Arkansas sports again. What do you see in the press room and behind the scenes? I mean, it's a lot better and more enjoyable, first of all, covering Sam Pittman because, I mean, he's a normal human. I mean, it's like talking to a normal guy. I mean, he's going to hold stuff back and he's got to be the head coach of Arkansas. And there's moments where he has to, you know, assert that, but uh, just in general, you know, he's a good guy to talk to and he's, you know, he'll answer questions 
honestly, which is refreshing. And, um, yeah, I think most people around the program see that. And it, it's frustrating to me when people are so critical of this team, like they expect perfection and they don't remember where Arkansas has been recently. And I, I get it. What, you know, we live play to play, game to game. We all have our preseason expectations. Most people were six, seven wins or stuff like that. If you're in Arkansas, Vegas had them at the five. But game to game, if they don't win, then it's the worst thing that ever happened. And I, I get that. I do. Jason Norton says, could basketball team be like Baylor last year? Seems like they had a lot of guys and were all talented. Arkansas has got to put it together better than they've got it right now. They just – they still don't – they still aren't a cohesive unit, like one unit playing, you know, together. They still – you know, I think a lot of individuals in a lot of cases. And we can kind of see that, you know, when they mix up the lineups. It seems like with their best – when they have a, a lot of returning guys. Although, you know, yesterday they, they, they pulled it out without that necessarily being the case. A lot of just one Arkansas to make this a game. Jalen Williams, potentially SEC player of the year. Similar to Bama Center who won it last year. I don't know. I have to see some more. Arkansas fans storm the field in, at Alabama if the Hogs win. Make them pay the fine. Does Alabama have any fines? Do so they storm the field? Probably, probably not. Excuse me. By the way, storming the field. I was watching that uh, Baylor game, and first of all, I agree with Lincoln Riley. Uh, Dave Aranda should not have called a timeout with one second left in a game like that to kick a field goal. I don't care if there was a Big Twelve tiebreaker situation or not. Like it wasn't being decided. Like if it's being decided right then, okay. But I just, I didn't like that. I thought that was poor sportsmanship. The game is over. You've won. You know, if you wanted the field goal, you should have just taken it when you had it with, what, a minute 27 left. And, you know, they had the foul. But uh, I didn't agree with that. And I also thought that Lincoln Riley was right, that the referee should have assessed a 15-yard penalty for fans storming the field with time on the clock. I agree with that. So I thought it was poor sportsmanship. I understand why he did it, but I still thought it was poor sportsmanship, even though, you know, I understand everybody's, like, rooting for Baylor to beat OU that's watching this. But – you know, that's just – that's kind of how I feel about it. The game was over. The score was decided. You don't get to call a timeout with one second left. Players, you know, fans storming the field to kick a field goal. That's, there's still a sportsmanship component. Ready for the Missouri game. My wife bought us some tickets for my birthday. All right. That'll be good. Timothy Wilson oh, – I'm jumping. Timothy Wilson says – Alabama 38, 28, Arkansas 17. Anthony York says, ready for the Missouri game. My wife, oh, that's right that. Jeremy, Timothy Wilson said, Jerry, Jerry wouldn't mind writing that check. Wouldn't Bama get fined? He's over here just chewing away at some bone right now. Bama would, I guess they would get fined if people stormed the field. <laughs> Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Justin Starn says, this game will be the Super Bowl of the year for us. We have the opportunity to get to get the media spin out of control with a win and get the end of the Dynasty's talk started. You know it would just be – it would just be Alabama's not the same Alabama. That would be the story more than anything probably. All right, everybody. I want to thank you for joining us. I want to say thanks to Charlie Potter for joining us from Bama Online and appreciate Curtis Wilkerson for his basketball insight. Some point during the show we've had it linked over here with uh, his stand-up after the uh, after the Northern Iowa game. So you can watch that. And uh, thank you all for uh, asking your questions. And um, 
Thanks for the subscribers, of course, all the support that we get for this show. I was just joking with the uh, talking over people and bringing up the negative comments. I know most of them are positive, and I really appreciate the positive comments. And if you haven't left us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, then please take a moment to do that. Whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Apple Podcasts or some other service, throw us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.